following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode 443. Yeah. Here on a Tuesday night is when this is November the 29th. At this point in time, granted, I'm this is pre-recorded, obviously. You're listening to this at whatever time this is happening for you. It's supposed to, like, rain, like thunderstorms and stuff. And it hasn't done it yet. In fact, it's eerily quiet out there. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It, who knows? Maybe, by, maybe by the time this has aired, it's like I don't know. Some serious shit happened, and I don't know. And I, and I didn't talk about it. But just so you know, seven p.m. Central Time is when this was being recorded. <clears throat> For those that are keeping score at home, that's that's what's up. That's what's happening. That's what it's all about. Uh, thank you for uh, for uh, uh, tuning in, streaming, downloading, whatever it is that you do to get the program. Uh, we certainly appreciate you doing that. Uh, these are uh, getting uploaded on the regular now, uh, back up onto the uh, onto the website. Um, well, at the Podbean place, uh, you just search um, from Radioland and you'll find it. Rick Cheddar from Radioland, and you'll find it. And you can add it to your thing if, if you know. I don't want to stay up to midnight to listen to your drivel. I'd rather listen to it on my own time. I hear you. I really do. Speaking of drivel, I have an unpopular comment. Uh, LJ and I had talked about it just this morning. Um, you see, Monday, um, Metallica dropped their newest single. They had been sneaking around doing this, and then they just... They just did it. Lux Eterna is what it's called. <clears throat> and if you if you missed out on what LJ and I spoke of about this particular song, I will enlighten you a little bit. And it, what I'm about to say is rather unpopular. Uh, well, maybe not rather. I mean, I, I I'm not. Sometimes when I say that, I I think I oh, I'm probably in the minority here, but I'm not. Uh, it turns out that a lot of a lot of times I'll say stuff that I think is. In the minority, but it's not. And uh, here's here's one of those things. The new song from Metallica sucks. It's awful. It's I. It's it hasn't grown up. They've had all this time and they haven't done anything. I mean, it's Metallica. It's what it is. You get. I guess you know. It's like Kiss in a way. Um, you know, they, they, which also sucks. Another unpopular comment. Hey, bro, that's Kiss. You can't talk to him about that. Sure. My problem with this new Metallica thing is oddly enough shared by a lot of people in the same position that I am uh, who, who dabble in uh, recording and engineering and things like that. And, you know, sound design it's overproduced in my, in my opinion, um, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to, uh, I don't know, go listen to it and tell me what you think, but, uh, or don't keep you, I'm, I'm going to tell you my opinion since you dialed in. I, I just don't think it's that good. Uh, it's it's just as I said on the air today. It was uh, chugging an E. <laughs> it's that same simple Metallica thing. But when I talk to artists that come into the studio, you know, people that I work with and people I've recorded, um, one of the questions that come up, you know, that I like to bring up with other artists 
and other engineers. How do you know when your thing is done? How do you know when the how do you know when it's soup already? And you just kind of have to go with your gut on that. There's no hard fast rules for any of that business. But I will tell you this: um, Lux Eterna is overproduced. It is way overdone. It's I don't know. The, there's problems there. There's some weird shit happening in that recording. Um, one of the things that I don't like specifically is Lars's kick drum. Oh my god, it's like he's. Uh, it's got a, this, there's a there's a high end ring that's going on in there that just doesn't belong. You know, when I think of metal, I, you know, I think of a lot of bottom end. You know, you, you want to balance, of course, but. This thing this doesn't have any of that. It's all kind of mid-ranged and and up I don't know, it's just it's I don't know. I don't know. You you go you go listen to it. I'm not here to tell you whether you should buy it or not. You do what you want. If you're a, if you're a Metallica fan, you're going to like it. I will tell you that. If you're not a Metallica fan, you're not going to like it. If you're like me where I could just, you know, take it or leave it, I'm going to leave this one. Look, Master of Puppets was a great album. I think we can all relate to that. And to a certain extent, the Black Album was, you know, not bad. Not great, but not bad. That was a long time ago. And now they've dropped this one, uh, this single. Now, the record comes out, uh, the actual album comes out in 23, uh, in April of 23. So, I don't know. Maybe they, they wanted to drop this to get some... I don't know, feedback on it or something, but man, a lot of people are, I mean, the, the lines in this thing have been just divided. Some people are like, oh, hell yeah, it's Metallica brought rocks. And then there's other people go, yeah, no, not really. There's something, there's something really weird here. Something kind of bizarre. Look, those, those guys are pretty much, they're very good musicians, clearly. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're in a number, they're in a number one metal band that's out, out, out on the road today. It's a thing because they're like the only one. I know that's I know that's kind of scary, but that's that's you know. Hey, bro, watch it. I know I you know. <laughs> Ramstein, anybody? Uh huh. Oh, here's this one. Here's this is one. This is one that 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 gets a lot of hackles up when you mention metal. Ghost, go down that rabbit hole if you if you <laughs> if you want to if you want to get involved in the controversy. But anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. I it's I don't know. It's it was on my head when I. Came in here to sit down to do the show, and I thought, hey, let's just lay it out here in case y'all missed it from the morning show. And uh, and there, there it is, the new Metallica. Eh, not so good. I guess, I don't know, like I said, it's my opinion. Uh, your mileage may vary. Hey, we're not talking about that this time out, though. Uh, uh, coming up in a bit, we're going to get into, we're going to get into something different. Uh, kind of an interesting thing that, that happens uh, for those of us in this business, and uh, we'll we'll clarify here in just a bit. What are you talking about? What, what's all this about? What, what are, you, are you high? Are you drunk? What is, what's your problem, man? I don't know. We'll figure it all out. It's coming up next right here from Radio Land. Don't run away. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her. Me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy. Steel man pills. Things weren't always looking up if you catch my drift. So my doctor prescribed me a little something. Like Viagra? Yeah, but that's expensive and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Steel man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill and virtually the same effect. I just called and got over 40 pills for only $99. I have this friend who might be looking and... Well, if your friend wants some help, the consultation is free over the phone. No clinic. 
Steelman Pill sends it in the mail in a confidential package. I'm on it. I mean, my friend will be on it. Steelman Pills. Going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction. 800-709-6712. 800-709-6712. That's 800-709-6712. There are times when I get the chance to meet somebody, an entertainer. You know, I interview them a lot. Uh, we do. A, we have a lot of them that come through the studio on on the regular. I mean, it's like I don't know, more than thirty a month that come through our studios. Booze and Blues, the uh, 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 Radio Memphis Live Music Hour, Tundria and Gerald, the Morning Show, the Afternoon Show. There, there's always an artist hanging around. For whatever reason, it can be, and what I mean by artists, not it's typically musicians, but you know, you do you find uh, painters, uh, sculptors, comedians, orators, writers, filmmakers, all of these people that are artists, they're makers in in my estimation, and and they're all very decent people, and for the most part, everybody that uh, that I've been fortunate enough to meet over the years have been very talented. And when I encounter these people, I'm often kind of at a loss for words if I'm really impressed. And uh, I think I think it's a safe thing to say for just about anybody that meets somebody like, you know, I dabble. I dab, dabble is a, is a strong word. I, I kind of fool around with a guitar every once in a while. I'm no player. OK, you know, it's it's for my own amusement when I'm not doing anything else. I'll hear something and want to try and figure it out and play it and, and get, you know, how that goes. But I will often meet very good guitarists, very good guitarists. And I'm, I, and I get what they're doing. I understand, you know, playing a little bit from my perspective, I get what they're doing. And a lot of times it's really special and really cool. And I get that, that, that touch of envy. I think we, we all kind of have that. And it's to the point where I, you know, in a commercial break or wherever, I'll be in the other room and I'll say, you know, hey, man, that sounds awesome. Man, if I could do a third of what you would do, I wouldn't be doing this. And they would and they would laugh. You know, oh, man, that's nice. Thanks. You know, and it's, you know, it's a compliment, of course. <laughs> but I've had that thrown at me before the other way around. Man, if I could do what you do, I wouldn't be doing this. And, I, I you know, I have to put it into the perspective that it is. On the surface, it seems like I'm just sitting here running my mouth. I kind of am, but there's there's some thought that goes into it, and there's some production, and there's some elements, and there's some you know it, it's not it's not all peaches and cream. I invite anybody to give it a go if they want to you know do what do what I do. That's fine. That's what makes the world go round. But it it the the whole point of these exchanges brings to mind the simple notion that we all seem to be. Uh, not content with our lot in life, you know, <laughs> you know, not in a bad way. You know, I see somebody who paints and I'll be like, oh, I wish I could do that. And with training, I could, I suppose, with training, anybody could do anything if you devote enough time to it. That's sort of the thing. If you have any type of artistic bent inside of you, you'll figure it out. You'll do the things, you know, um, a lot of that, I think, it's not, because envy is such a weird way 
to phrase that. It's not jealousy. It's sort of like, I wish I could because it seems like what I do is not, you know? And I've and I and and I've heard that, you know, when I've told a guitar player, look, man, you're really, really good. And they go, oh, thanks. Yeah, this is nothing, you know? And they're, they're trying to be, you know, modest about it, of course, because um, most of the guys are like, yeah, hey, it's just another day at the office, man, you know? And I have fun, you know, thanks for the kind words, but, you know... And then, you know, you recognize the fact that that individual spent countless hours doing the thing that they do, and they've become so good at it that their talent really shines through. And talent, as I have learned over the years, is not entirely ability. Sure, it it, it does. I mean, yes, you have to have the physical ability to play a guitar or you know, play a harmonica that well or any musical instrument. You have to have the ability to know what buttons to push on that whatever that instrument is that you're that you're working with. Same thing with a paintbrush. You have to have that ability to understand um, what works, what color and texture is, the way light is supposed to work. You know, all you can get you can go crazy with all this. You have to have that that ability. Real talent. And my experiences throughout the years has always been about the ability and the magic ingredient of which is personality. I you you've got to have you got to let your personality come through. I, I know very bashful people who are tremendous musicians, and it's not because they are bashful; it's because their comfort zone has been achieved. After they have gone outside of, of that, you know, you've heard that whole thing about thinking outside the box, making your, you know, putting yourself in an uncomfortable position to let your, to let your art come through, to let your talent come through. That's kind of an important thing because that uncomfortable space then becomes comfortable for you because it's like, Hey, this kind of cool thing happened when I did this and it was awkward at first, but Hey, I feel okay now. So that's not a bad thing. It just increases the amount of space that you are now working in. Uh, there are things to be said about being confined and being forced to work under a confining situation. I lived that life uh, in in corporate radio. Thank God I, I don't do that anymore. But that's you know that that's that's you know uh, apples and oranges, I guess. Um, there's that's a that's a weird concept. But when <clears throat> when your personality comes through, and like I said, like you know, back to the you know. Uh, the really bashful musician or bashful artist, you find that with their ability, while they're performing their talent, whatever it is that they're doing, and th- there's a comfort level that happens because they they are not alone. They have their musical instrument. They have their paintbrush. They have whatever it is that they do. Uh, they have their keyboard and they're writing, you know, they're, or they're, you know, I would say like a typewriter, but but they're they're right like that kind of keyboard, not a musical keyboard, but you know, if they're, if they're writing, you know, composing words to paper, in a novel or in whatever, or in short story, whatever it is, there is this level of comfort that exists there because all of a the sudden they're not alone. They don't feel that weird sense of nakedness. You know, you just you're not you're not just turned loose. It's bad enough you you're being eyed upon because everybody suffers from some form of stage fright or another. It's just a natural thing. I have it. I have it pretty bad actually, but I've learned to cope with it. You just you don't ever get over it. You just don't. You just you just learn to adapt. 
You just learn to uh, use it to your advantage, for example. And that's just, you know, one little thing. But still, the the fact that the second you are performing anything, your personality then is is expanded and it flows through whatever art that you that you have. You see what I'm saying? Here's a good example. Um, as I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be critical of another of, of another artist just because I can't. And the guy's really he's wildly successful. He's made a ton of records. He's uh, he's a decent player. I just don't particularly care for his style. I'm talking about Joe Bonamassa. Uh, it's kind of a running joke around the studio. When we go, ah, oh, yeah, at least you're not Joe Bonamassa. Look, the, the guy's the guy's talented. There's no two ways around it. He's 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 a good player. He's a good, clean, technical guitar player, and he plays the blues. That's his his forte. But there's something about that sound that he has created. Now, it's comfortable for him, but for a lot of other players, especially in the genre of the blues, there's this thing of it's not quite there. There's something missing to that. And blues is a good example because it's a genre that does rely heavily on the personalities of the players. It involves the opening up and bearing one's soul, specifically in composing new material. And when I hear, and I, and, I, and this, this isn't, this is a, a, it's not a reflection on him specifically. Well, I guess it is, but the, what I'm getting at here is that when I listen to it, yeah, there, it's there. It's, there's a potential for it to be much better. Kind of like what we were talking about with Metallica. You would expect that it would be better for somebody who has done this for so long that it would be better than what you're getting. And I think the difference here with. When you, Comparing Bonamassa to Metallica, boy, that's a stretch. I don't think that's ever been done in the history of of shows, but but there it is. Um, Bonamassa has this almost clinical approach to the way he performs. It's It seems to lack, in my estimation, it seems to lack soul. It seems to lack the pumping of the blood through the veins. It seems to lack the humanness of it. And I, I could, I, I feel comfortable enough that I could, I could ask him about that. I don't know that I'd, I'd, I would ever get the opportunity to, uh, to, to have a conversation with him, but I would, I would, I would want to know how, how that works with him. It just seems like he's all wonder bread mayonnaise. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing, I don't know. There's just nothing there. And I've, and like he, like I said, he's a good player and I know guys that have worked with him and they, and they will, some, some of them will say the same thing. And then there's other people that say, no, he's actually quite good. You know, you just gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get through all these layers to get to it. That seems like a lot of work for, for that, but okay. You know, on the other side of the corn here, you got Metallica with this God awful new single that they dropped. And the hard part for somebody like me, you know, as a as a consumer, you expect a certain thing. You expect a certain style. You expect a certain amount of artistic growth, right? Because when you hear it, you go, "Eh, what is this? Nineteen ninety two? What what is what what is all this? What is what is what am I missing here? What what has happened?" Something ain't right. Can't put my finger on it, but something ain't right. And even though my 
my criticisms and my and my comments here, I, I'm sure, can be misconstrued as being, you know, really heavy-handed and full of hatred. It's not, because I've never met the guys from Metallica, but they all seem like nice guys, except for Lars. <laughs> I think he would get that joke. I've never met Joe Bonamassa, but he's probably a very delightful guy. I, you know, who knows? But that's just it. When it comes to the arts, it's all in the perception of those who consume it, not by those who create it. That is this weird thing about the the arts in general, the humanities. If you and I went to a museum, an art museum, and and we go in and we uh, get ourselves exposed to various styles of, say, paintings. Let's just look at it that way. Yeah, there'll be some sculptures hanging around, but you, you you look at these paintings, and because paintings are one of those things that's kind of easy to, to, uh, to talk about here. It's subjective. What you see in that image is going to be pretty different from mine. There's going to be some overlap. And then you've always got somebody else that's going to go, well, here's what he was thinking when he made that. Or you look at uh, in the literary world, poetry is a good example. Well, this is what she meant when she wrote this line. Well, who said that? Did the author themselves, did the artist themselves tell you this? Because typically it doesn't work like that. It's, uh, who was it? Was it, uh, I believe it was Picasso, Pablo Picasso. He used to keep, oh, this, this is hysterical. He used to keep a pistol on him loaded with blanks. It was like a starter pistol, I think is what it was. It may, it may have been a regular revolver with blanks. And he always kept it on him when he had guests at his home. And that's where his studio was. And when he would meet somebody new and he would show them his gallery, not his gallery, but his studio where he had, you know, as you can imagine, all sorts of pieces of, of art just kind of laying around because that, that's what he did. You know, he was, a, he was a working artist. And if somebody asked what that image meant, he would pull that pistol and start shooting. What does that say? It Well, he's hammering home the point that it wasn't his decision to tell you what it meant. The real appreciation of any type of art is what the consumer gets from it. You hear a song that you happen to like, and those lyrics maybe... Uh, speak to you in a certain way, maybe relating of a, of, a, of a similar experience. You see a piece of uh, artwork hanging on a wall and it's, it, it's an image that conjures up <clears throat> certain, um, certain emotions, maybe, maybe brings up a, a pleasant memory from your childhood that nobody else would understand, not even the artist, because you wouldn't, especially if, you, if, if you've never met that artist. That's the attraction there. We all have our likes and our dislikes, you see, when it comes to that. That's the whole point. Because if we all liked the same thing, this would be a pretty boring place, you know? 
And when you say things like, well, I, I really like, I like how this, this color evokes a response where I remember in my childhood, you know, a, a memory that I haven't had in 30 years of being in such and such place at such and such time. And this picture has nothing to do with that. But aside from the simple, you know, conjuring up those those emotions, that's the, sort of the idea of, of what the artist is trying to do. Usually, usually, you know, it, it it's 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 in the it's in the eye of the beholder. It's the old adage that beauty isn't within the eye of the beholder. But it's all it's it, it's it's much more than that. You may you may come across an artist's work, somebody that you've liked in the past, and and you've discovered something new from them, and you look at it and go, "Oh my God, that's awful! What what is what is this that I'm looking at here?" You're seeing what the artist may have had in their head to lay out there, based on something that they had experienced, or something they had seen, or something they had heard, and thus. There it is. That's the that's sort of the gist of it. So now to bring it all back around, to bring it all back around again, when you're when you're spending time with somebody who is an artist, a musician, and you tell them, man, if I could play like you, if I could play like a third of what you do, I wouldn't be doing this. As complimentary as as that is, it's it's uh, it's and it's not taking away from anything. Certainly, it's not. The only thing that it's doing is it's kind of taking away from yourself. Because as as exciting as somebody may be artistically, and how that little bit of envy that we that we all have, because we're fans of that. It and it doesn't take it doesn't take anything away from anybody but yourself is been, is 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 kind of what I'm getting at, because usually the artist is going to be well they're going to be you know they're going to be grateful for those words because that makes them feel good, and you're I, they know you're not denigrating them. They're saying, oh man, if I could do that, well I, you know well look at Jackson Pollock over here, man, he's just dribbling paint all over the place and he's making billions of dollars. No, he you know he didn't. His art pieces did, but he didn't cigarette butts and coffee stains and all that stuff in his artwork. Well, shit, my four-year-old could do that, shit. They didn't. That's just it. There is method to madness. There is method to creativity. There is method in the in, in the way that they think. So just having the technical aptitude to play a guitar the way somebody plays it is one thing. But you'll never possess their personality. You'll never possess their vibe or their whole groove. You'll never get that unless you're actually them. And an artist does know that. I mean, they 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 get it. I know because I'm an artist myself. I'm performing it right now, trying to get through this, you know, while not trying to be too terribly confusing here. It's not a matter of just filling space. That's why these shows always run at different lengths. <laughs> sometimes they're long, sometimes they're not. But my goal, if you want to know, is like, well, why do you do this? What is what what are you hoping? What does this all mean to you? Well, it's it's not too terribly difficult to make that connection between uh, you know a songwriter or a um, 
a uh, a physical painter and who's you know or or painting with words or painting with sound and color whatever it is that they're doing i'm not to i'm not really here to tell you what to think i I've, I've never i've never done that i've i may have nudged somebody to think a little bit more like this or that but my goal as an orator as a speaker as a voice is to get you to think, to research, perhaps, to look something up, to perhaps take a look at something from a different angle that you normally would not have have have, have experienced. I want you to have your own experiences, whether they're fun or not. It, it makes no difference because those are yours. Those you will possess for the rest of your days. It's like it's like that whole notion about having scars. Those scars are yours. Nobody can take them away. Hell, a plastic surgeon can probably make them look like they've gone away, but they are there. They will always be there. They will be a part of you. They are part of what shapes you. It's part of the human condition. That's the amusing thing. Now, at the same time, I've seen paintings and works of art that have scarred me. I (laughs) I think it's happened to a lot of people. I've heard music that has kind of done the same thing. At At the same time... These the these sorts of things is what separates you from me. You have a talent that I might be envious of, that I might want to be able to perform, well, you know, a third of the level that you can do it. But that's but that but I'll never have that. I'll I'll never get that. It's it's just like with you looking at somebody else and admiring the way they do something. You'll never be able to do that. I don't mean that as a downer. And it sounds that way. Well, you're never gonna pull that off, ha. Huh. Look at you go, but you did your best. No, it's not. That's not what I mean by that. It's just, it's just that everybody's perception is completely different. If you and I went to the same art class with the same level of experience with a paintbrush and paint, which is nothing, at least from my point of view. But let's say we're on equal footing, and you and I are painting the same thing. There's a there's something standing there in the middle of the room, and you and I are to paint it. Well, your approach to it is going to look a lot different than mine. Talent be damned. It's just because somewhere in there, it's your interpretation of what you see going through your brain, through your heart, through your soul, down into your hands is going to affect the out, the outcome vastly. That's just kind of how that how that is. We all perceive things to be a little different. Sometimes it's, you know, but you know, if you and I are sitting on the side of a, of a, I don't know, a riverbank and we're watching a river flow by and uh, the sun is beginning to set, you and I are pretty much going to see the same thing. It's our interpretation of it. That's going to be a bit different. Hence, everybody's a critic. Everybody has a point of view and every critique is valid and every point of view is valid. That's why it's hard to it's 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 really hard to discredit any of it because well well that's what you think, you know. Well, all right, man, I like the new Metallica. Great, I'm glad you enjoy it. It's not my cup of tea. Something doesn't seem right with it. That's just my point of view. Or somebody may hear it and say, Rick, I agree with you, but here's what I heard, and it's going to change a little differently in our points of view. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. Once again, that's the differences that makes us human. And we can never lose sight of that, because if we do, then we all might as well just change our name to Elon Musk. 
Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloset.memphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Hey, this is Dave from The Dave Show, here to talk to you about Outlaw Television. The Outlaw Television Network was built to give independent artists a way to showcase their talent. So if you're a band, a solo artist, a comedian, or maybe you're an independent filmmaker, Outlaw Television wants to see what you got. All you have to do is go to outlawtelevision.com, hit the submit button, and submit your video for consideration on the Outlaw Television Network. So go to outlawtelevision.com and submit your video today. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. Here's something rather telling that's that's been been around. Here's a, this is a good example of what I'm talking about here. Uh, Alexa, right? I, I didn't trigger your device because you're probably not using it. Apparently, Amazon's Alexa is being deemed as a colossal failure, and it's on pace to lose about ten billion dollars this year. That's B billion with a B. Ten billion dollars. Why do you suppose this is? Could it be that's a little too much for people to have in their homes? This commercialized thing, this bot that is too busy trying to sell you something that whether you need or not is going to kind of push it on you? Sure, it comes with bells and whistles. It can turn on TVs and change your air conditioner setting. But by God, do we really need this much lip from anybody over there? I mean, for God's sake, it wouldn't even be amusing if Bezos himself was the voice. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. So here we are, right on pace to land into screaming into the month of December. How about that? This year is rapidly coming to a close. Yes, sirree, buddy. And uh, then comes the long slog through the holidays. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, we've been talking about uh, kind of openly over there at, at Radio Memphis in the morning, uh, LJ and I, is our, um, uh, our, 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 I guess, our discomfort with Christmas. You know? Um, it's not so much a discomfort. It's just that I've gotten to the point where I'm just kind of over it. It's, I guess, because there's only so much, and we talk about it every year, about how um, it's all just jammed down everybody's throat. Uh, we're assaulted by this thing. And, uh, you know, look, if you got kids, that's one thing. If you are a kid, I get it. That's another. If you're a kid listening to this, please, son, go somewhere else. You don't need any of this. The 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 idea of what it's supposed to be about versus what it is and what it's turned into in, into being and why it's being what it is. And um, perhaps there's there's something you know something to this, and and freedom from it is one thing. <laughs> we all sort of have to kind of endure it. I know there's a percentage of you listening to this that probably feel the same way. Um, that because I know I run into people like this all the time. Oh dear God, Christmas! Oh shit! Look at this. Uh, my wife is not one of those people. She loves the holiday. So, uh, you know, she's, she's out to, uh, um, have, uh, you know, have as uh, happy of a holiday as she possibly can and, uh, more power to her, I suppose. Uh, 
And in the past, for me, it's always been, I've always just wound up working it. And I try and, and I've, I've been so, I've been pretty good this year trying not to uh, work as hard as I have been, which when you hear about what that really entailed, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and I had to back off from my own mental health. Um, just say, oh, God, cut me some slack here. I need, I need a break from some of this. And it's worked out pretty well. And, and so, yes, I'm going to hold to the fact that with the holidays coming, I am going to take that time off. As a matter of fact, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. There is not going to be a booze and blues show on that Sunday. That would just be ridiculous. A, no one's listening. B, no one's listening. <laughs> and if they are, they're really, really drunk. And I, I don't know that I'm going to be really doing much of anything. Um, I'll be going to a friend's place. I know that. My wife is going to be out of town. Uh, she's off to see family. but uh, And I've opted to stay stay home. <laughs> I just, I don't know that I could put myself through this. And uh, besides, I do have some other things that I want to get done while she's gone. And, you know, Christmas Day uh, being on um, on on uh, on a Sunday, as is New Year's Day, also on a Sunday. Therefore, there won't be a blues show for those two weeks. And you know what? I'm kind of thrilled about that. Uh, mainly because when the high holy days are over, I breathe a bit of a sigh of relief like a lot of people do. <laughs> but here comes that long slog through the winter. January, February, March. It's not until like early April when things start opening back up again. I start thinking about spring, of course. But around here, around these parts here in the Mid-South, January, February gets pretty shitty with the weather. Well, we had a, what, a 10-day blackout here? Uh, yeah, power outage, like 10 days here in February. It may have been longer for some. In fact, I know it was. And it's 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 like, oh, dear God, uh, what's going on? So once we get through all of that, then we can kind of start looking forward to, you know, uh, to to warmer weather and greener skies and longer days and all of that fun stuff. But it's getting through it. Is, is there, it's like travel, you know? I like going to new locations and new destinations and seeing new things and stuff. It's the process by which I don't like. I don't like the second I get to an airport, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be exciting. We're going somewhere. Yay. I'm like a dog standing in the driveway. Come on, open up the car door. Open up the car door. It's time to go. But once I get in there, it's like, oh, what was I thinking? When will this be over? Is there a time when I should be alert to the fact that this is over and I can get off of this godforsaken plane and into a place that doesn't have this many people on me? <laughs> I know. I I I know. I I I get it. But uh, hey, uh, the the long and the short of it here, I'm gonna be around for the holidays. We're gonna do this. I'll be recording some stuff, doing some different things. I don't know. We'll we'll just have some fun together, won't we? So, uh, so, so there it is. That's it. And that's all I got. I think I'm kind of done. Yeah, that's it. What else is there to get into? I've said my piece. Uh, so there you go. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other. All right. I'm Rick Cheddar. And this has been from Radio Land. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. 
All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.